0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. (laughs) What is up, everybody? We have a new iteration of Dos Acero. It is Acero in soccer as in geography. Canada now sits on top of CONCACAF. They've been there for a while. The U.S. men's national team was just the latest team to suffer defeat in the Frosty Fortress up north. Not that fans will take any solace from the Canucks' formidable form in World Cup qualifying. However, I'm Jimmy Conrad. I'm here with Heath Pierce. We're going to break down a tough day for U.S. soccer. The Kagolasso Canada versus USA recap begins right now. All right, everybody, you know the drill. Hit like, hit subscribe, follow us, leave some comments, and that will make us all. Warm and fuzzy inside. And then, if you're listening to this on podcast form or any of your podcast platforms, leave us a five star review. Yes, we're guilting you into doing that. It's called peer pressure, everybody. So go make that happen. And uh, yeah, type something good about how handsome we are, even though you can't see us. That would be awesome. And then, before we get into the recap, we want to announce a winner for our gift card a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. Yes, we're giving you the goods. We want to reward the people that are rewarding us with their loyalty and support and all all that good stuff along the way. And the winner is Lucas Elder. And producer Dez has been in contact with you. You know that you won. Now for everybody that's watching right now, guess what? Guess what, Heath, guess what? Mm. We are giving away another card, a hundred dollar yes. gift card to Paramount Plus. But here is the caveats. We gotta get to a thousand likes on this video. Now we have a few days to get there. Doesn't all have to happen right now. Second thing you need to know, you gotta hit, your, hit us up in the comments with your Instagram and or Twitter handle so you have a chance to enter the raffle so Producer Dez knows where to find you and drop you a message if you win. Go make that happen right now. Hit like. Go tell your friends. Tell them to hit like so we can get there so we can keep giving out the goods. If you keep supporting us, we're going to keep giving out the goods. That's how this is going to work. All right, Heath Pearce, let's get into it. Let's go. I'm not clapping. Because of our performance. I'm clapping because I get to hear from you, the man, the myth, the legend. We lost 2-0 to Canada, mm-hmm. which I believe was the right result, given how that game got played. What were your thoughts, my friend?
1: Well, let me just clap because you're allowing me to talk. This is one of your longer intros. I get it. You always get to do the giveaways. Uh, you're, you're 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 great at the giveaways, so I get it. You eat up a lot of this uh, time. You're great at it, Jimmy. So, uh, no, look, uh, you know, looking back on that, at the loss, and obviously – this is one of the rare times that we've done a recap post game where we've had a few minutes to sort of reflect on it, right? We haven't had a 24 hours, but it's like, uh, Jimmy, when, when, when in MLS rules they let the, the press into the locker room. Very similar than other, very different than other parts of the world where you're heated, you're emotional, you tend to go off the cuff on how you feel emotional on things. But I've had a moment to take a step back and sort of think through it. And I still feel the same, Jimmy. I still feel the same. <laughs> it wasn't a great performance from the US men's national team. Uh, I think the fight was there. There was some effort there. I agree with Greg Berhalter's comments, which we'll get to um, in some ways, but it was against Canada. When I look at it as a whole, when I think about the game, when I think about the match, when I think about the performance, it reminded me very much of an international performance, a game of consequence in an an international game, right? Scrappy, hard fought, not a lot of space, not a lot of time, uh, not our best performance, which you tend to see at the national team level, um, less so at at the club level when you have that type of ability to have a rhythm. But overall, just disappointing to see this result come, come to play. But I don't want to take any credit away from, from Canada. They rolled out a game plan. And there's a few things I want to get into. I don't want to jump on in it after top because I want to get your initial thoughts because there's a few things I want to get into in terms of what it's going to take for the U.S. to get past this hump. Less so the result, because I want to talk about that as well. But what this type of result means and how I think we're going to continue to face teams like Canada that are going to make it very difficult for us.
0: Okay, let's talk big picture then. What I'll say very quickly is that Based on how Canada has been performing, for us to lose there isn't, isn't the worst thing. For us, whether we're going to qualify for the World Cup or not isn't going to be whether we lose away from home against the other best teams in this. The other the other teams that are going to qualify. It's if we drop points to the El Salvador's of the world, Honduras's of the world, uh, Jamaica probably falls into that camp as well, Costa Rica. Okay, away from home, get in a draw, if those places, okay, but we have to beat them at home for sure. If we do that, we're going to qualify for a World Cup, whether we lose to Canada's and Mexico's or not. We didn't beat Canada at home. We did not. Again, which then brings up the fact that we didn't match what they did to us. So it does hurt us. Now we've dropped, obviously dropped some points there. I do want to get into this in, in a lot of different ways. And if you guys want to give us your hot takes, please do so in the comments and so we'll read our best ones. And, and stay with us. We know there's going to be a lot of hot takes and we have some of our own. We're, we're easing into this podcast, right? So I feel like we're ramping up our emotion. There's a part of me that wants to jump right into irrationality, but there's a part of me that wants to say, okay, listen, whether we won or lost in Canada, it still wasn't going to have a big, giant impact. It's getting the points from the teams that aren't going to qualify that matter the most. If we drop points to the teams we should beat, Canada's the best team in the region, and they've proven it. They're the only team that haven't lost in CONCACAF. They're very good at home, and what I think is the, the thing that stands out for me the most about Canada, if we look at all eight teams in CONCACAF, only one for me stands out as the one that has the most clearest identity. They know exactly who they are. They know exactly what they're about. They know exactly who their best 11 is when everybody's available. And and they go out and they execute on exactly who they are. They don't try to be anybody, anything that they're not. They don't try to be, pretend to be anything that they're not. And, and today they needed to punch us in the face, and they did. And we didn't respond necessarily in the same way. We're going to get into Greg Borhalter's comments. We got into a lot of those, or we got a lot to unpack there. But before we start to get into this, and Joel, I see you there. Canada's beat us without two of their key players, without the best player in CONCACAF. Canada deserves all the credit, 100%. But we could have done something a little bit more to make them suffer. Mm-hmm. So let's start here. And that yeah. is with the starting lineup. Now, I talked to uh, the agent of, of Mike, uh, excuse me, Mike Gartland, the agent of Walker Zimmerman. He's my former agent. And I said, hey, why isn't Walker starting? And he told me there was a bit of a hammy issue there. They didn't want to risk him. Totally cool. But what I think I saw was we lacked what Walker Zimmerman brings to the table. That's leadership, putting guys in good spots. I think our two young center backs that did start, Chris Richards and Miles Robinson, especially if they make a mistake early, will start to, and you've seen this, Heath. We went through it as well as young players, where all of a sudden you don't start off the game good and then you, you just start to... You start to recoil into yourself. And maybe you're not talking as with as much confidence. Whereas we do have a Walker Zimmerman who's old, much older than these guys. That wouldn't happen as so much with him. But but let's just talk. That's me looking at the center backs. But Jossie Zardes, I think, is the one that people are the most up in arms about. What were your thoughts on the starting lineup?
1: Yeah, Jossie Zardes. I mean, if you go back to our, our our early predictions of how things would play out, I thought I thought Ricardo Pepe would start the first game. I thought hey. Jossie Zardes would come into the second game. Uh, That made a lot of sense to me just in terms of matchup rotating players in. I think Jesus Ferrer was a surprise for me. Jossie Zardes starting in this one didn't surprise me too much. It started to surprise me considering the fact that Ricardo Pepe had fresh legs and he hadn't played any games yet. And I think he matches up well. And I think he matched up well in the time that he had. I mean, there was long spells that he didn't have the ball and wasn't involved and things like that. But I thought instantly he starts to make this impact that's just more dynamic than a one-dimensional striker like Jossie Zardes. I think Josi Zardes does bring something to the table that's important, but with regard to this lineup, I think you're right. When you look at Miles Robinson and Chris Richards, you're talking about a very inexperienced team. And when you look at the cagey sort of abilities of a Kyle Laren, Kyle Laren's a top scorer um, right now. You know, Kyle Laren is uh, the top scorer all last year across all competitions at the national team level in CONCACAF. Kyle Laren now broke the record. And we spent most of our time talking about Jonathan David, right? And, and mm-hmm. like you said, Alfonso Davies wasn't even playing in this game. So you see Tejon Buchanan. They have so many different threats that match up well with us. But the thing that I'm thinking about tactically is if you're going to roll out this team that's inexperienced, what was the game plan? And obviously it didn't go to the game plan because you gave up a goal very early on. And I think it could have been prevented and should have been prevented. That was a little bit of that immaturity, I think, in the team to know sometimes you just got to clear the ball when the second ball is lump it long, settle in, scrap and fight and battle for that right to play on the field. And I think we got caught a little off guard off of just the long ball, lose the second ball, they come down, counterattack, and they score. Could have been prevented. Now – When I think about the way this team rolled out, I think about how it's going to be for the future, right? The U.S. is getting a lot of respect from teams in terms of how they're setting up against them tactically. Now, it reminds me of some of the bigger teams and more technical teams around the world, both at the club and international level, that for long periods, we had possession. We had control of the game, but they sit in their blocks and they make it very difficult, do we have the quality now where we can isolate players in wide areas? Do we have the quality to whip in balls? Do we have the quality for one, two, three combination plays that create goal scoring opportunities? We didn't have all that. Now, I thought we were good and com- comfortable, but it didn't seem like, again, an evolution of our game plan where we say, okay, now this team's going to sit back on us. We've given up a goal early. They're going to make it very difficult. Do we have enough of that emotional IQ in, in real time to solve those problems to say, okay, now in wide areas, there's nobody in the box to, to whip it into. They're, mm-hmm. they're dropping in deeper and deeper. There are eight players defending in their box. What's the way that we're going to get chances in front of goal? And that's probably going to have to come from one-twos combination play where now you're a little bit more exposed and you're sending players up. Maybe Tyler Adams have to play a little bit of a different role in counterattacking scenarios, which, again, played right into Canada's preferences. No matter what they did, once they got that goal, they're like, hey, this is best-case scenario. We're going to mm-hmm. sit back. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit deep. We've now got the speed. For Route 1 type of football and soccer, we can play direct. We can get our chances there. They probably could have had and should have had a second goal that, that we had to come up big on. But overall, I think tactically, again, we didn't know how to break them down. We didn't know how to create legitimate goal-scoring opportunities. And while I'm not against Jossi artist starting in that, once we went down 1-0, I was like, Jossi artist doesn't really have a role in this game anymore. And now I'm looking at it saying maybe he shouldn't have started because he doesn't have the dynamic ability to play that differently. I think Jossie Zardes in a 0-0, scrapping for balls, trying to draw fouls, and like you said, Jimmy, along this way, the other thing I wanted to mention on this, set pieces. Even though I didn't think we played poorly, I thought Canada competed with us, and set pieces were poor. Christian Pulisic over the bar. Crosses from from wide areas, set pieces. We had one. Nothing. Christian West Pulisic McKinney. trying West to chip McKinney the keeper died. on a yeah, big yeah. chance where we have this uh, – Split and spread. Yeah, Weston McKinney. When the balls are in good spots, we get good chances, and I don't think we do enough of that, putting mm-hmm. the balls into good mm-hmm. spots. Which partially because you know I don't think Brendan Aronson was in the right spots. But yeah, uh, to, to, to take those, Christian Pulisic was on the ball more than I'd like him to. I know he's our leader. I know he's our captain. But yeah, I know I'm he on a little bit car- of a rant. He wasn't our captain though. That's something. Oh, to that's talk right. About. I know, but he, I, I mean more so our captain. He took the captain's arm. I get band it. When Tyler Adams went out, sure. but He's more. He, he is our leader in terms of experience, and he wears the captain's arm band on a regular I get face. it.
0: I get it. But I just thought that was interesting that. Great Burhalter clearly listens to the podcast and said hey jimmy and heath are right that maybe christian
1: but Pulisic he still started him he's isn't, isn't captain, captain, material. He's captain material
0: he's captain material he's not captain material let's give it to tyler adams now god there's so much to unpack here with with regard to jossie zardes i was surprised that he started i thought we were potentially holding ricardo pepe getting him back transitioned into the team or i don't know what was going on behind the scenes but i thought he was going to start the second one because i thought because of what he brings to the table, and he's a little bit unpredictable, in, in, I guess with his energy, right, and how he presses, and, and he's good in and around the box, and he already has a pretty good uh, goal-scoring record with the team, and, and you'd like to think, in theory, that he'd be sharp coming out of the Augsburg stuff. Whether he's scoring for them or not, he's still, all right, he's seen something a little bit different than what he's seen in MLS. Mm-hmm. He can come back and really apply that immediately. So he didn't play the first game. Okay, we're holding them. Jossi Zardes starts. Okay, not my favorite choice, but to you, I can find a, a narrative that that can fit there. When he, when when I thought, and this is what I actually commended Greg at halftime going, hey, everybody, or I was talking to my friends. Like, this is what Greg's been actually been pretty good. We saw it in Honduras. We were down one zero and he made some tough choices. He took out three starters, put three in. We scored four goals. We saw that Christian Pulisic wasn't great against El Salvador. He took him out, right? He's been making some bold choices. So I thought, oh, halftime, Zardis is out, Pepe's in. Yeah. Cool, here we go.
1: And I thought we missed a big opportunity. I know this is getting a little bit into the weeds. But, but do you we think were... Do you think waiting 60-plus minutes to make that change or spark, realizing it wasn't working, was 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 right? Like, you no. know how it is. You're going to half sure times, to... Jimmy. You say you've got a quarter of an hour to prove something to me. But, I mean, you very no, rarely do you we do, do make that change.
0: Like, the, the last thing we needed to do against a Canada team that's so organized and, and hard to break down already is to give them the first goal. And so cheap. That first goal was such dog shit. It's just... Yeah. Nobody challenges for the ball. Then everybody's a step late. Everybody's a step late. And Miles Robinson didn't look sharp today. That That's not the Miles
1: Robinson that we've seen. That's the Miles Robinson that I saw in that last game that he played in, though. Like a little well, that's bit shook, thing. a little yeah, bit off the thing. Yeah, right, right. A little like bit off- a young player's going to go through that. And you can't do that in a national team game. You he can't, looked shook you in the can't. last game.
0: And Matt Turner didn't look very good today either. And, and the save on, on the goal, yes. I, I. You know, there's a couple, obviously – it starts with a, of a him like ballooning a kick, but people should still challenged for the goal kick no matter what. And he just seemed like it's almost like a shock. Boom, 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 three passes and they score. We just weren't prepared in any any sense, uh, any sense of the word. So that when you give up that first goal, as like that in particular, to a Canada team who also did it to Honduras down in Honduras, where you score the first goal, dude, they're gonna sit back and wait to counter and hit you on the second one, which is what they did. And they know who they are and what they're about. And they don't give a shit about possession. So so they had 36% possession, but but they made more of that 36% than we did with our 64, right? So I don't know, man. It's frustrating. But with art Zardes, you got to take him out at halftime. To your point, Heath, you got to take him out. And, and I'll get into the weeds. What I was going to say is when you bring on a sub at halftime and you make that call, a nice, bold call, you give that guy that's about to come in 15 minutes to get properly warmed up out on the field. Kind of get a taste of it. You're not on the sideline with people yelling mm-hmm. at you and you got a penny on. You're like, man, how do I fit into this game? You actually get to start the second half with the new rhythm of the second half. And you actually get to influence the rhythm of that second half. I thought that was a big miss. Zardis out, Pepe in right away. And then you start to tinker based on how he's connecting with an Aaronson and a Pulisic. It, it, it was really fascinating to me. One more thing I'll add. I'm going to throw it back to you because I'm all over the place and you can pick and choose where you want to go next. Mm-hmm. But, but we saw Pulisic in the same exact spot. On the left side, trying to cut in the whole game. It wasn't working. The same thing wasn't working against El Salvador. Why can't we, sh- why can't even him and Brendan Ayrton just switch sides? Yeah. Ten, I mean, for 10 goddamn minutes, dude, just 10 minutes and see what that looks like. Throw Canada off a little bit, be like, all right, now the defenders got to think about it a little bit. Yeah. They, they were stacking those guys up in a way that made everything really predictable. We didn't have any ideas when we got to the final third or in a way that was actually. Did you, I mean Making Canada move and shift, and and, and not until like the last, there's like a 10 minute window when we had all the subs in, where it looked like, all right, we're we're doing something. Whether you like the guys that came in or not, at least we were putting. It felt like we were putting Canada on the back foot. But what pissed me off is we got a bunch of crosses, and nobody was making the near post run. Borhan's like cheating off of his line to come catch stuff at the near post because nobody. I'm like, what are we even doing? What are yeah, we
1: doing? yeah. I mean, uh, what what I'll say about those crosses is a lot of them. I looked at them where we got in and around the area, and then it felt like the the next chance was to put the ball in the box, whip it in, do these things. Because we saw success against other opponents that aren't as good or as organized. There's a little bit of a half chance there. But against an organized team like Canada, those are 0% chances, right? They eat those up. They're sitting in their blocks. They're whipping it in. They're very opportunistic uh, attempts to put the ball in the box or in in the area. Now, you could have players crashing to the near post. But the run's got to be there, right? And we saw times, again, where I saw Robinson up the field where he whips it into the near post. No one's there. It's also on him to say, hey, you know, you can address that after. But if the sh- if that ball's not on, pull it back and, and do something different. And again, uh, for me, uh, it was, again, a-, a little bit surprising that they didn't take Pulisic off uh, when they had a chance to. They took off right. Brendan Aronson, who I thought had good energy. He wasn't having his best games. But again, he brings that energy at least where he's trying to create something, right? You saw in that box, he had a good first touch, didn't have a great hit on the end. But at least he's like got that confidence to like take chances. And, and I respect that. And I think that is a valuable thing to keep on the field. Christian Pulisic has been off for the last two games, but we've given him more minutes than I think we should because he's right, Christian right. Pulisic. Now right. I agree that occasionally a coach gets a gut, gut instinct of saying, saying, yeah, maybe he's a six today, but a six who has the ability to, to, to be a 10 if it needed, if it needed to be right. They can come up to, they can create moments of magic out of nothing. And you need somebody like that has a little bit of that X factor on the field. To go back to those back, the center backs again, who else could there have been, right? Uh, who's your other options? Mark McKenzie, who's not playing a ton. He's, 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 got, he's found a way to get results when he plays with the national team. Always, hasn't always had his best performances, but he finds a way to play simple. His game is pretty predictable. His game is a little bit what I think more like Walker Zimmerman in terms of a little bit more, you know, win balls, get the ball to the people closest to you. But my, it all comes down to me, though, Jimmy that you knew you were taking a risk. You didn't have many other options. Your center backs made some mistakes and they played perfectly into Canada's game plan in the same way that we would if we were playing at home against anybody in CONCACAF. You score that first goal, you lock it down. You make it very, very hard for them to have anything. And Canada, who's been building on that for all of qualifying, that was the perfect storm for them to say, hey, all right, we've got no problem. Who, Jimmy, tell me, one person on Canada's team that wasn't willing to fight, track back, scrap, get into little individual battles, throw their elbows up, make it personal against the U.S. They were making a statement from start to finish, and not one of those players, including the goalkeeper who was pissing me off with all of his antics of getting the crowd into it, rolling around, running, chasing the ball to the corner flag to do a dummy over it, like all those things, there was a lot of gamesmanship that Canada what, were out in this game. Well, yes.
0: And, and, what I was going to say, yeah. well, really quick, on the gamesmanship – they all do you see how wide that field could have been? And they narrowed the field to 68. New York Yankee Stadium is at least 70 yards, and, and it sucks to watch because it's on a baseball field. But, but it, it's, it's, they narrowed it because you know, Greg went out and said that our outside backs are our superpower. Like, all right, cool, they're your superpower. Yeah, well, here's some kryptonite for you. We're gonna, we're gonna take away about two Yo, yards. Make the field tiny, make, make the, the field tiny. tiny. Now, do now, now, what are you gonna do? But, but, but what I want to throw to you because I, while you're in kind of midpoint on it. I think Canada knows that if you come out and you come out with some attitude and you're tough in the tackle and you start running your mouth and now you have a goal to back it up, right? Because we hand we basically gift wrapped a goal for them. We we I think we struggle with that mentally. I think we struggle as a group mentally, and that's where the players Where I actually think Walker not having Walker Zimmerman was a big loss. I'm a big Miles Robinson fan. Jimmy, this is the
1: problem, man. We go back two months, Walker Zimmerman wasn't part of the national team. And now all of a sudden when he's not on, we 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 we're gonna lose. Like we have enough young talent that you should be able to make plays. We're talking about, you know, John Anthony Brooks, don't need him anymore. Look at the team that we have. And then one player's out and now we're talking about two players that aren't. You have a guy who starts, who I, starts regularly I in it. the Bundesliga and another guy who's being linked to a bunch of big clubs. You can't match up against a former MLS player that plays in Turkey and Kyle Laren. Like I get that there's pace involved and stuff like that, but they've got to rise to that occasion. they got to rise to the I challenge. I don't want I to scapegoat the Walkers. I being out because he has been a revelation. I, I, I think just, he does create predictability. But I, 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 I also think that,
0: I think it showed all I'm saying is I think it showed that we didn't have somebody out there putting people in good spots to make plays. And as somebody asked before, why were our center backs so deep on a Matt Turner goal kick? You know, I mean, these are little things that I think that
1: do you have a problem been... with it, Jimmy. I don't have a problem with him being deep on a goal kick. Now, I well, do think you need to clear well, your lines if you're going to hit it because he gave a free second ball to be one on the counterattack. But our to me, if, if you watch well, that, I thought the,
0: I, but I thought the spacing between the lines was way too big the whole game, and I think that's where a Walker yeah. Zimmerman would do a better job of organizing that. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but that's the sense. That's why I think that's what. That's why I have him on the field is because of these intangibles yeah. that help solve these little problems yeah, that end up becoming big, big, big yeah. problems. Yeah, of course, of
1: course, yeah, of course. I, I, the, you know, I, and, and I think you're right with that. I think with regard to the center backs getting it off of the goal kicks, I think we played through or played out of that in a lot of ways. I don't think we had a ton of problems breaking them down and forcing Canada to get back in their blocks. Now, I thought Canada were very clever and at times saying, hey, we're going to go and sometimes we're going to sit back. They made the U.S. guess constantly. And there was times that the U.S. Mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. sort of thinking that they had a free free, free play through the back to break down that first line of pressure to get in the midfield force canada to have to drop deeper and then canada would press really well and win balls up and that would just dis- disrupt things and we get a little in confident or, or we would lack a little bit of confidence there for a few moments and then we'd fall out of rhythm again and then we'd be able to break them down and move the ball up the field and then we get in those final third areas and we wouldn't have the ideas or creativity and, and the point i'm trying to get to when we, we were in those areas jimmy as you and i both know and before i get crushed by anybody I, I go back to, to to the times that I was playing with the national team and we played the best teams in the world, right? Where we sat in our blocks for 90 minutes and you had to sit deep and you had to really, really work hard to keep teams out. Spain, for example, right? Where you're just suffering. You're just suffering the whole time. They're wearing you down and you're just sitting in those blocks. Well, Spain eventually has that patience that just eventually wear you down make you tired make you suffer pull like you were talking about before pull the center backs in and out of those spaces pull midfielders across the field change the point of attack do all these things that force them to have to be honest and then when you see that moment that probing little moment where you're like okay here's our chance to attack where you have Somebody on the wings. Did we have the right players on the field that when that moment happened, you knew that combination play, you break your first line of pressure. Now you're facing the field. We're facing the field. What's the next movement? Is it a little diagonal pass? And as Jossie's art is the right one you want on the field when you're going to play against a team that sits deeper like that and you need players running off of them. And I don't think we had that little bit of extra. And, and don't get me wrong. Very few teams in the world have the ability to do that right against teams sitting deep playing against teams that sit in deep blocks, especially where you have, quality players on the counter and you score that early goal. It again, is the perfect recipe to to make a game very, very difficult. Now, if it was zeros, I think maybe you have a few more moments where, where Canada has to cheat players a little bit forward, but I mean, they were sitting really, really deep and disciplined in their blocks, but now you have to be able to take strategic risks instead of these half chances of lumping the ball, kick it up in the air, a little bit on the back post, forcing Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. And I don't know if we're quite there yet in terms of quality and creativity to be able to, to, to capitalize consistently on teams that are going to sit back against us. And yeah. as the U S gets better and better and the quality of our players get better and better. And the respect for our players the playing at bigger clubs get better and better. Teams are going to do this. And they're going to just say, no problem. You guys think you're so good. Beat this. We're going to sit with eight in a block and we're going to counterattack with two or three that on the weak side. And we're going to try to beat you that way. And so far teams so in we'll, qualifying yeah. have been pretty decent at that against us.
0: Yeah. And Canada almost invites you like we don't we don't think you're good enough to break us down we li- we literally don't think you're good enough to break us down and we prove them right today now just to remind everybody if you're just joining us on this very emotional kagalasso podcast for the canada u.s men's national team i'm not emotional you i don't you don't seem emotional at all you're very very stable right <laughs> cool, now cool on, maybe i maybe i'm a little more emotional than you I want to make sure that everybody remembers that we're giving away a $100 gift card to Paramount Plus, but we need to get a lot of likes to make that happen on this video. So if you're watching live or you're watching this later, hit that like button. We got to get to a thousand likes. We're going to give a $100 gift card away to Paramount Plus. That's good for a year and then some, but make sure you leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in the chat so we know how to enter you into the raffle. So make that happen. Okay, Heath, so... Let's talk a little bit about Greg Berhalter's roster selections because I think a little thing that killed us was the Timothy Waya situation. Mm-hmm. We could have really used him either as a starter or coming off the bench. And when we didn't have him, it, again, very similar to Zimmerman, it looked like it almost felt like, "Whoa, what happened to our depth? Why don't we have anybody here?" Now, obviously, we brought on some other players that that uh, been categorized as Greg's favorites and aren't necessarily everybody's favorite. I like Jordan general. Morris.
1: By the way, I like him. I like him. I, there's still something about him, his game that I like I, I in get, terms of just the willingness to run at people.
0: He is a semi-truck. That guy is big, dude. You you would think, oh, little Jordan Morris? He's not little. He's not little Jordan Morris. But but yes, yeah, so I think there's value for all these guys. And, and Paul Areola almost became the greatest men's national team player of all time if he scores that bike, especially after sacrificing his neck to make that happen. Oh. <laughs> which which oh, oh. which was ridiculous, oh. by the way, dude. and
1: replay, this guy's but, made out of rubber. Uh, yeah,
0: but but. With regard to roster selections, once it kind of got into it a little bit, who are we really going to count on to come off the bench? I mean, Giorena felt more glaring at this point. No way, I felt a little bit more glaring. At some point, I was getting to the trying to think of how do we, how do we solve this problem? And there was a part of me that thought, okay, if we keep Richards and Miles Robinson there, can Tyler Adams maybe drift back into kind of the middle of a three? That will release Anthony Robinson a little higher and Dest a little bit higher. Then we can bring on a Luca De La Torre or or somebody else in the middle to help maybe drive us a little bit more forward. Of course, we're going to have to take a risk if we're chasing the game. And And then you could, you know, you don't have to waste a sub on bringing a third center back on. You just let Tyler Adams come in and that allows us to bring on another midfielder that can maybe unlock things that Tyler Adams couldn't from where he was in the field. Also, we should just talk about Tyler Adams being hurt. We'll have plenty of time to do that. Uh, in the in the preview for Honduras, which is now looking like the most. What important about a second striker? So far, Jimmy? The what about a, a second, second striker? striker. Well, would what about be fine playing too. with two? Like, and I'm I not thought even thought talking about rare. a false I thought, I thought nine. For I'm for talking about just coming.
1: like. Occupy the if, if they're so comfortable with playing with center backs and we may, we don't make them uncomfortable with a single striker because they're sitting so deep that they've got lines blocking passing lanes and they're sitting back deeper. Why don't we bring on a second striker to play up next to them? And if we're going to whip in balls, at least you've got more numbers in the box. I thought at times we got into really high, good positions on the counter-attack or in the run of mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. And then there wasn't numbers in the box because Jossie Zardes has checked back, laid the ball off the speed of the game. He's not able to get back into the box. We just didn't have those numbers. And I don't think that's Christian Pulisic to be that other guy in the box. You know, can it be a, a Jesus Ferreira? Can we have, uh, can we have Ricardo Pepe playing upstairs, uh, up there, up top with, uh, with Jesse's artists? Again, I don't know if that's the answer, but I'm just trying to think about it differently. And I, I think a two man striker could be good against the team sitting in the box. Cause at least you're, occupying space and forcing teams to have to make some decisions. If one players it's classic style. If a strike striker checks back, your second striker's making that diagonal run in behind. You're just pulling those center backs out in and out of positions. Anytime that we did that, we saw Vittoria. Anytime he was uncomfortable, foul, foul. And then eventual yellow card. Like we were making them uncomfortable at times. If you can now do it in a traditional sense, I think that we could have, we could have had something there. And you know, Tim's talking about PFOC 16 goals this season for a champions league team. Now, Actual roster selection for this camp. I agree with you. There is, there is some things there that I think are missing, but you couldn't have predicted that we, we're breaking down a team that we're acting like we played against some, some super, super nation. We played against Canada and I think we match up really well and no disrespect to Canada because they're the best in CONCACAF right now. Um, but we should be able to match up with them. We shouldn't be giving up a goal in the seventh minute against Canada, period. But if we do, we should be able to keep ourselves in games knowing that there are certain ways that we can make them uncomfortable. You can't look at Canada's roster, especially their back six or seven, and say they're better than us. Now it's going to be an impossible day. We have enough quality on the roster that came in. Now, whether that's the right roster, we can talk about that if you want to as well because there are some other options out there that we could have looked to. But we weren't saying that. I mean, Daryl DK jordan Fox, just players up top but i still think with the players you had can we not just try two strikers for a bit go to two in the midfield i mean we essentially uh, uh i we mean we essentially could have gotten to that anyway jordan peafock actually started the
0: first game we played against canada the 1-1 yeah. in nashville so it's funny how we don't really even think about him so much anymore even though we we still do that maybe he should have been included mm-hmm. but but is he feels so far outside of it now and and uh uh, and what Greg Berhalter's maybe looking for, and I agree with you. But that kind of gets back to my point. If I can intertwine what you're saying with what I said before, why didn't we move Christian Pulisic around? He could act as a second striker if we really wanted to. Then you can bring on maybe somebody else like a Morris or an Ariola, whoever else was available, to to or Jesus Ferreira even to try to create a different type of numerical advantage that maybe Canada was giving, but we couldn't exploit. Uh, and then and then I wanted to say this. Why do we start so slow all the time? Heath, we've had 10 World Cup qualifying games. We've only scored two goals in 10 first halves. That is not, it's not a, a one-off at this point. You know, we talked about it pretty early on. Okay, one qualifying window, that's that's troubling, but okay. We got 10 games. It's a pretty large sample size. We probably saw it a little bit in the Gold Cup and the Nations League as well, but, but what is it about our first, in the first half? how
1: many, many we got One?
0: two no no two? In two, we've got two first half goals yeah. in 10 world cup qualifying games that's bad, that's me. not a good look and no set piece goals so that puts a lot of pressure on us to have to score from the run of play all the time and, and it makes us pretty predictable because we're not a threat on set pieces and and we're, mm-hmm. we we lack something in the first half yeah. and, and so so it has to be either tactical or or something that Greg is saying that almost handcuffs the team in some ways yeah but I, I can't really put my finger on it now everybody's gonna be like what's well, the coach fire the coach now if we want to wade into that now there's a lot for you to dissect here Heath but Burhalter might not be the I don't know he might not be probably not the, the guy he doesn't I don't feel like he's really maximized the potential of this group but can't, I, I don't know what it would do to, to fire him at this point I, I, I look at it, Tata Martino with Mexico yeah, you're still in a good spot. Nothing is done yet that the sky mm-hmm. isn't falling yet. Right. Everything you're never as good as you think you are. And you're never as bad as you think you right. are. Right. And even though I'm frustrated, I'm very frustrated. We, we're still in a very good position to qualify. I just like when we get to the World Cup, is Greg the guy that can really take us to to, you know, the next high? I don't know. That's still yet to be determined. But it'd be really weird to get rid of him yeah. at this point, despite I can feel, especially when we lose, there's a lot of momentum around making that happen. I don't know where you want to jump in there, but go for it.
1: Yeah, I think there's two things. One, I think there's the heartache of losing to Canada, right? Uh, and then there's the way that we played. And I want us to get into Greg's, uh, Greg Berhalter's comments as well at some point. But, you know, for me, when I look at the journey and I look at the process, go back to Nations League, go back to Gold Cup, go back to the wins that we had. The things that have made us good is that fight, right? And Canada took that same fight to us. Mm-hmm. And they did the same things that we want to do to others. And we every time that we start to play well, we get caught up in our own hype. I look at Weston McKinney. Weston McKinney was all the hype after the last game. This was a game that I don't think he was good in. I don't think Weston McKinney standards. He was trying to spin moves again. He was doing all this like sort of individual battle, slowing the game down, taking too many touches. I don't think he was bad, but I feel like we have this constant, like you said, we're never as good as we think we are. We're never as bad as we think we are. But we have this moment where we go, win, we're great. And then we're somewhere in between. And I feel like we lose a little bit of that fight. Every time we put together something decent, we get a result we kind of have this whole thing where it's like, uh, you know, because we're... we're oh, we
0: are this good, you know? Yeah, yeah, we are
1: this good, and we're not. <laughs> look at us, we're awesome. And we just and won. We, again, how do we win Nations League? By scrapping, fighting, battling, that sort of thing. We didn't play well. How do we win Gold Cup? Scrapping, battling, fighting, we didn't play well. You know, how do we beat Mexico? Scrapping, battling, fighting, we didn't play well. How, do, how are we getting results in qualifying? Scrapping, battling, battling fighting, doing all mm-hmm, that dirty mm-hmm, work, mm-hmm, not playing well. But every time we get those results, we think that we're good. And then we think that we're going to play well. And, and, and instead of, and so we lose a little bit of that fight. Like, why is it that we talk about Canada's discipline and their fight and they sat in the blocks and they made us suffer. We didn't make Canada suffer. We didn't like, you know, because they got that goal. And part of making somebody suffer means you got to keep yourself in games. And it becomes mm-hmm. very difficult if you're going to make a, an error an at the international level against anybody, whether that was El Salvador or Canada or Honduras or Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, whoever it is, you give them a goal in the seventh minute in any game. And okay. Having said that, you know, um, you know, Michael Antonio scored in the seventh seventh minute and Jamaica lost that game um, against Panama different. I hold the U S and to a higher standard of being able to kind of fill out games, but you got to be able to fight. You got to be able to not make mistakes. So I know, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't I, don't, I, I know we've got a head to break soon, but uh, I just, I feel like we're, we're getting, we, we're moving too far away from the things that make us good to who we think we have on the field and the teams they play on and what makes us good and how we need to play. Cause the performance wasn't, terrible wasn't bad by any means but the game gave us a goal against in the first seven minutes and i don't think we ever had a solution or a plan or at least jimmy i don't know about you and it was like one of those things where, like 10 minutes 15 minutes in, i'm like i think there's one out here for the u.s they were they had possession again canada was pinned back for large periods but then as time went on, I was just like, oh, they're, they're making nothing of this. There's nothing. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. possession for possession's sake. There's no uh, emphasis on what we're trying to do with possession. We talk about, you know, attacks to a conclusion. And none of it really seemed to have a rhythm or even a risk to say, hey, I might turn this ball over. But at least I'm going to take this chance to try to create a goal-scoring opportunity. Sorry. I know we're going like no, rant I, to rant, but like, yeah.
0: Ah, it's the best. I mean, that's 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 our emotion getting in the way. And I'm, I'm I, not emotional, I, Jimmy. No, you're not. I can, I can totally tell you're not emotional. I do want to say that I feel like our best chance on goal in the run of play was finally in the 60th minute when Brendan Aaronson actually had both corners and he hit it right at Borjan. And and that bummed me out that it took us that long to get a legitimate chance in the run of play and actually break them down in a meaningful way and, and couldn't make more of that particular opportunity. But we're going to have a lot more to talk about right after this break, everybody. We're going to get into our player ratings for this game. We're going to continue to shower Canada with adoration. And then we're going to get into Greg Burhalter's post-game thoughts. I know you want to stick around for that. So do not go anywhere.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
0: New CBS Sunday.
1: You collect rewards, right?
0: This is how I make
1: my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something, he finds it.
0: You strong swimmer?
1: So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions, and you never let panic take the wheel off. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, new Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.
0: Oh, that was awesome. Wow. I want to sign up for Paramount+. Plus. Speaking of which, we're giving away a $100 gift card. If you didn't know that, you haven't been watching, make sure you hit like. We got to get to 1,000 likes. On this video, so everybody is entered to win. But the way you enter to win from your side is just leave your handle, Instagram or Twitter, in the chat, in the comments to be eligible for that to happen. A hard $100 gift card to Paramount Plus, that is next level. And that ad gets me all fired up, Heath Pierce. Damn. Yes, you're alongside two of your favorite former US men's National team players, Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce, for breaking down this game. We're frustrated. We're trying to be some, some, I feel like I'm passive aggressive about this game. I'm trying to be passive and, and see the big picture. But then also, like, what the hell are we doing? And why are we lacking ideas? We have too many talented players not to be able to formulate a plan that gets us consistent attacks in some capacity. And yes, we can bring up all types of different excuses. The field is on turf. They made the field narrower. Yeah. It's cold AF. They have you know everything in the book. But yeah. the other team has to play under the same conditions, so there's really no energy to or an advantage to glean. Also, I'll add. We could say that we had the advantage going into this because we played closer to where this particular mm-hmm. location was in Columbus. We played in the same type of environment and, and weather. Whereas Canada had to travel from Honduras playing in a tropical weather and they should have been a little bit more tired and they didn't look tired at all. And to your point about not making them suffer Heath, which was to my point earlier, I don't feel like we troubled Canada. They they, they didn't, they not once did I see, did I see them like with their hands on their legs you know, they were up for it from minute one until the very end. And I don't think we've mentioned his name once, but John Herdman, the manager of Canada, deserves a lot of credit for establishing this identity and building a team culture that completely buys in to what he wants to do on the field. And that's going to lead them to their first World Cup since 1986.
1: Well, you know what? You, you know what? Like, we're, we're looking at, we're talking about this, right? Walker Zimmerman out. Uh, Tyler Adams likely out for the next game with 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 his hamstring issues. But they could have said the same. The best player in CONCACAF is not playing for their team right now. And they're Mm -hmm. getting the result. They just beat the US 2 0. And there's nothing that they're saying about that because you know that they threw all things out the window knowing. Oh, we're playing the US. We've got to scrap. We've got to fight. We've got to, we've got to, we got to earn our right to be the best in CONCACAF. And that's not in, in, in the beauty of which you play. That's not the, the quality of which you play. That's getting the results. That's finishing top of CONCACAF. That's securing your, 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 your birth to your first world cup in a very long time. And they did that. And, and you know, Jimmy, let me ask you this. What do you think it was? What, what do you think? Do, do you think it was a lack of fight? Do you think the U.S. Uh, lacked confidence? Do you think it's a lack of ideas? Because we've got quality players with plenty of ideas. Do you think it was the circumstances that we just couldn't overcome because you know they went and looked at our previous games and said, okay, look how they struggled against lower blocks. Look how they struggled against teams that sit deep. Look how they struggled in these types of scenarios and tried to create that environment. Or do you think they just went about their business? Do you think that they're that sort of um, I mean, of course they're trying to find these advantages playing in the cold. They're playing in a smaller pitch. That pitch could have been much bigger given the space that they had there. They made it small, they made it hard. Um, but those 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 are were the US national team. Well, we players I think in I the remember, Champions League. We have players that play in all these conditions yeah. they're used to playing against teams that are sitting back and in blocks and those types of things. What I find
0: interesting is that Brendan Aronson, after the Nashville game where we drew one one with Canada and he scored, there's an incredible interview with him going, Canada didn't even come out here to play. Not, not at any point during this game were they trying to play. They were just trying to disrupt us the whole time. And if they had an opportunity once or twice to go forward. But we created more chances. We deserve to win this game. And and I don't think Brendan Aronson would be saying the same thing after this one. Because, yes, I thought Canada sat back and, and were disruptive. But that's who they are. And that's what they're
1: really good at. And but we Jimmy, played, don't give up a we, goal in the seventh minute. I and get and that. that. I get that. Go zeros that. and then and then, and then and then talk your mess about how they don't try to play and it's ugly and you come out with a draw and they were just looking. They were never trying to do anything. That's fine. That, I, don't, that, that's for the first
0: game. I get it. I get it. I, I don't know why we looked a little bit off the pace, which again gets me into why are we so slow off the blocks in general? We gave up – remember we were in Columbus against Costa Rica. We gave up a goal in the, like the first two minutes – you know, and and with players, to your point, that should know better. That should be locked in. That should be ready to go right when the whistle blows. But for whatever reason, we do, I don't know if it's not, its the, the guys want to win. There's no question. And, and we did see a lot of fight. We saw, you know, we always see the pluckiness from Tyler Adams. You know, Serginio Des was getting into yeah, Kajan Buchanan. There, there was scrappiness there. But then it gets back to the point you mentioned before. Do we have, did we have enough guys out there today making plays? Making the, doing the defined margins, didn't tip our way because we didn't we didn't impose ourselves in, in those key moments to make those plays. Now I've I've actually spoken to a couple of my Canadian friends who didn't think Canada actually played well. And I you know I'm like, yeah, man, you guys hold yourselves to a very high standard and I appreciate that. But but they made the plays that mattered.
1: They played their and game plan. They well. played
0: their game and it they and as I mentioned before about Canada, they are so good at executing who they are. And and for us and I think what, what frustrates a lot of us fans, and I, I'm thinking, I feel like I'm speaking for everybody, we don't always know what the game plan is because it takes us so goddamn long to get into it that by the time we're in and starting to fi- establish a rhythm, there's already been a goal scored or a, there's, there's already something that happened that now we have to react to. It doesn't always feel like we're being as proactive
1: as, as we can. Uh, Jimmy, 83 minutes even, because I'm with you. I'm with you. They, they played their game plan perfectly. But we gave into that game plan by giving up the goal. But course, you're still telling me 83 minutes, we can't create a legitimate goal-scoring opportunity? Weston McKinney scores in Serie A, plays for Juventus. Uh, Eunice Musa uh, has had a good run of games with with, with Valencia, yeah, a yeah. huge club. You've got Tyler Adams plays, you know, for RB Leipzig. They play in the Champions League. You know, up top, Jesse Zardes is not a, is not a new player. Uh, again, you're, yeah, you're telling but, me for all of this. Brendan Aronson plays Champions League in the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Christian Pulisic plays at Chelsea, as Champions League winner. You're telling me those players all together in a game can't okay. create a legitimate goal scoring opportunity, whether individually. You or know actively?
0: what? You know what? You know what it looks like to me. And I see this with some young, younger, younger teams that I coach. When they don't have, when Plan A isn't working, they really struggle to find a Plan B. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. I agree. That all of a sudden, oh, Greg's Plan A or what I like to do isn't working. And and it's like they're too stubborn to go to Plan B, or just 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 aren't all on the same page to figure out what that Plan B is. Or and Plan A did do...
1: Or or by the way, Plan A wasn't something you wanted to do, and when, when it doesn't work, you go. Well, that, I told you so. And now, like looking right. now, we're, now we're stuck. Now we're down one, like that sort of thing. A, a difference of opinions or egos. I'm not saying that's the case, no, but there I, are well, factors you never in this. Know. When you never like know. you know, there are. I've heard complaints from players that don't like pressing high with Greg's pressing system. They pray Greg wants them to press constantly and endlessly, and sometimes the players go. I want to I want to play beautifully. I don't want to be a pressing type of team, you know. And the, like that is that is one of the factors within this national team that some players feel. So, yeah. No, it's it's interesting. Well, I mean, you have to wonder if the
0: players are like, why is Jossi starting and not Ricardo? Mm-hmm. You, you know, that could have been a choice that threw off a couple of players where everybody probably assumed Ricardo Pepe was going to start, maybe even Ricardo Pepe himself, he doesn't, and now everybody's like, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just using that as an example, but it it, it it there was something a little bit off today where we didn't feel like we, the buy-in didn't seem like it was immediate or or mm-hmm. what, we weren't ready to to commit commit to making all those little plays right away where you could see that commitment right from the get-go from Canada who knew exactly what to do to the Americans just go out and punch them in the face right right away you know and 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 see how they respond and yeah sure some of them will push back and it's gonna get chippy or whatever but this mm-hmm. this referee actually let them play a little bit so okay if the referee's gonna let you play. And you got to get your licks in, and, and let them know yeah. that you're not going to take any shit. And and not to say that our guys did, but we just we just weren't sharp in those key moments. And and all obviously the whole first goal is so it, it's almost embarrassingly bad that that first goal that we gave up because it just felt. Like that's something you see, you know, at a very young youth level that, that, that you're like, God, why can't we go for goal kicks? Like who's challenging? And then boom, boom, boom. It goes in the back of your net and you're like, well, that other team's better because they know what they're doing. And we don't, that's what is, it looked like.
1: So I've, frustrating. So then, then, then take it back to, and, and let's get on to, to Greg Berhalter's comments, but let's take it back to, to, to one moment then that's giving up your goal. And that's on your center backs. Our center backs have been the thing we've talked about in, in a positive light for the majority of, yeah, goals sure. of qualifying, considering our, our, our attack hasn't been scoring in first halves and having to climb out of things in second halves and, and haven't been playing particularly well or rhythm, rhythmic. Right. But if it comes down to a moment, if you're trying to play a certain plan and you know, Canada's going to make it very difficult for right. you, you know, they're down to play ugly. Then it comes down to a game of moments. And again, I don't excuse the other 83 minutes. We had a chance to create something like that, but if that is the case, then you mm-hmm. cannot give up those things. And that's got to fall on our inability to make plays. And again, if you look at that long ball, Won a second pass. Probably shouldn't have hit the long ball quite yet until your lines are up. Not organized. Everybody arriving late. It's one of those situations where that is a team goal against, where there was three or four moments to kill that play and it mm-hmm. didn't happen and mm-hmm. led to a goal um, against against two very good strikers that combined uh, to do that, including being able to just make a play or make a tackle or draw a yellow or potentially whatever else. Right, might right. So, and a well, great let's and get a fantastic finish.
0: Well, let's get into Greg's comments then. Uh, I don't know which ones producer Dez is going to throw up. He made a few that... Everybody was like, lull. Like, what is he even talking about? Is he even watching the same games as us? But, um, you know, there was one in particular that I'll just start with. And, and it was the one where he goes, it wasn't, you know, it, what did he say? I, God, I can't even think of what it was at this moment. It was something about, it didn't matter about the results. I was pleased with the performance, but not the result. Yeah. You know, and, and, and everybody's like, what? Pleased with what performance? Like, what did we actually do? Yeah, you know, and he and he thought that we out we out competed with them or whatever. Here's one of them. We asked them to embrace the conditions. This is what he said. Embrace the physical. I think we did that and more. It's Mm -hmm. hard for me to remember a performance away from home this dominant without getting a result. So the results hurt. The result hurts. I'm uh, the performance doesn't hurt. I'm proud of the guys, proud of the way they competed, disappointed to give up the first goal in the fashion that we did from our goal kick and two passes that gave up a goal. That's not how we defend. Uh yeah, we don't have a graphic ready. I just had to read that for you. Sorry to throw you under the bus, there, producer. Does. But, but, uh, but, but that first part, or here's the line that really stuck with me: It's hard for me to remember a performance away from home this dominant without getting the result. I maybe maybe he his only metric is is, is possession, which is sixty four percent. But I did not see that the same way as he did. What
1: were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look, I think we controlled a lot of the game but I don't think it was with any sort of uh, purpose, you know, controlling the game and, and the fact that I don't think we let them out. A lot of times, I think we won the ball back in good spots. I thought Tyler Adam again, covered a lot of ground. I think yeah, we yeah. put out most potential fires, but considering the fact that we gave up a goal in the seventh minute, I would probably give up some of that ability to, and, and some of that possession and some of that winning that second ball back to take some risks, mm-hmm. be more vulnerable in the counter attack, then mm-hmm. throw some numbers up, switch to a three back earlier. Like those types of things. I thought we could have done more to take the chance now, that's looking back on, on this game, knowing that we lose 2-0 in the end. But And, and dominance is, is all relative, right? I, I think we did dominate most aspects of the game, except for on the scoreboard. And that's all Canada was interested in. Canada was probably in the locker room saying, let them dominate the game. Let's get our goal. Let's scrap it out. Jimmy, you and I both know, going down to, to, to Central America, that was the old game plan. That was the U.S. <laughs> game plan. Possession? Uh, maybe, um, you know, beautiful style of play, maybe the build-up, breaking down lines of pressure, all those types of things, maybe, or we can just draw fouls in and around the box, get a few free kicks, get our one or two chances, finish it, run into the locker room, get on a plane and fly out of here. Yeah. Right. right. That was, that, that was a game plan. But, but I think I, but to your point, I'm going to catch you off there because. I feel like
0: we're all ready to evolve from that mentality, that we have the players that, to your point before, they all play in big games in Europe and all that stuff. But yeah. we can put our foot on the ball, settle it, and actually build a
1: meaningful attack. Which we and did, today, by the way. We just didn't build the meaningful attack part. We put our foot on the ball. We had good possession. We moved the ball around. But yeah. then it got to the areas where you go, okay, you know, when that snowball is getting bigger and you're like, okay, they're moving the team around, change the point of attack, that's when you go. But instead we change the point of attack, put our foot on it, bring it back, or somebody clips in a ball to somebody on the back post like a shit ball or something that's not a very nice looking something that's like a half chance where a 50 50 playing straight into their center backs who are in good spots already because they're already sitting deep. And we didn't have, like you said, the plan B to say, okay, it's not going to work from white areas. Like it did last match. It's not going to work uh, in this. So we're going to have to have some of these one twos or pull these players in and out of positions or, Hey, Christian Pulisic play up underneath the strikers for a little bit, you know, let Ender, let, let Robinson take the full left side. And we're going to have a little bit of a weakness, but Tyler can shift over like those types of real time things. You have to be able to solve to try to create your advantage advantages I, well, because canada uh, yeah. knew exactly what we were going to do they got their goal which was unfortunate for us they didn't expect to get that but once they got it they were like all right we got this yeah, one in the yeah. pocket if they're not going to do something creative
0: yeah these are these are interesting quotes but i do want to say that i tried to put myself in greg berhalter's shoes after this and obviously you're massively disappointed you have to go right in front of the microphones and, and start to talk and because we haven't qualified yet and and because you're probably more aware of the fragility of the team and the and the, the ego, yeah. the overall collective ego of the team and how we cope with adversity, whatever it may be, I think he's protecting his players here by just saying, this was a good performance, we just didn't didn't have enough at the end, and we self-destructed by kind of creating our own mistakes, that type of stuff. Not- and I think that's important because in, I think after we qualify, he can relax a little bit, and then in those performances afterwards in the friendlies, you can start to be a little bit more critical of what we're seeing. Yeah. But I think we have a group that might be a little sensitive. And even if he can sense that, maybe maybe they aren't. But maybe if he can sense that, why risk throwing a couple players under the bus? And I remember Bruce Serena did this at the, the World Cup in 2006, okay? I was unaware of it. I was on the team, and I was unaware of it. You know, you're in such a bubble when you're when you're part of these things. But after
1: that, I'm that brag, first game. 49, 50 No, nah, it didn't seconds. take me too
0: long. Czech, yeah. Czech Republic, right? We got our asses kicked yeah. 3-0. He threw Beasley, Demarcus, and Atlanta Donovan under the bus and said their names publicly. He was so frustrated after the game. Mm-hmm. He went. At, that's the first time I've ever heard Bruce do that. And I also heard after the fact when Bruce apologized to those two players and to the rest of the team for making those comments behind closed doors, the first time he's ever apologized to players for saying stuff like that in a post-game presser as well. I don't think it gets you anywhere to throw any particular players under the bus, especially when we know that we need to keep the confidence high going into Honduras. If you want to poke and prod and and criticize, maybe in between the two windows, but not not when we're right in the heat of it. So I understand where he's coming from here in some ways, if he's trying to soften the blow a little bit, knowing that this was always going to be a tough game. But he does need to be held accountable that our game plan didn't work out the way that he wanted. And maybe he didn't start the right players, and that's that's part and parcel of being a coach of any any club or a country. You have to you have to admit when you make a mistake, and, yeah. and it's hard because you if you if you admit a mistake during a press conference, hey, I didn't start the right guy, then you probably lose that guy that you started, and he's never gonna you know. It's like it's yeah. a really fine line to how to criticize your team, but yet still. Kind of acknowledge that it could have been a little bit better.
1: Yeah, I think I think I think he did right by the team. I think that was a good leadership move. I don't think he did right by us as fans and as no, media course. and as former members. I think I think there could have been more more to that we can sink our teeth into. It's one thing to protect your team because I do think they're fragile and you do need them for the next games. And you don't want to throw them under the bus. And they did put in an effort or a shift. There was a shift there that I think was well fought. I think that next step in terms of quality um, is what we need. Maybe he doesn't even actually believe we have that quality to be able to beat a team like that in yeah. deep positions or we or 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 to be able to do that. That takes a lot of I don't know a lot of teams around the world that could consistently play against deep blocks and win games outside of your your Spains, your frances sure. that are used to doing it, where every player plays at a club where they're having to play every single weekend against deep blocks right. because teams, right. Don't want to teams have no chance against you because you're at a super club Um, play for national teams where you're playing most of your national team games against teams in a a deep block that are just scrapping for some sort of possession and things like that. Yeah. Um, And so I, I, I get that for protecting the team on that sense. But I think there was there was more you could have given to us in terms of saying, here's some things that we're missing. Right. That, 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 that bite or that killer instinct to take chances or that bravery to take chances, right? Run one-on-one at somebody, try a wall pass, try a one-two, take some chances at the right moments. Like do high risk things when, when the game warrants that, knowing that you might be leaving your team counter uh, for a counter attack or vulnerable at times, but that's what we're going to have to do to unlock this team. I think we had a little bit of caution, afraid of what that might be, afraid of taking those chances. So if he had said that mixed with something else in there that was a little bit more of like having said that, here's a few things that we need to do better and maybe he did say that at some point uh, I, I I think it would have I, it wouldn't sit so uncomfortable with me because I, I agree right, that's right. a great leadership move for your team and that's the only thing that matters to him is how do I get right. my team to a World Cup but for us you go well it just seems a little bit exaggerated to say you know thinking about dominating a game and and um, you know being proud of the team and those types of things. And of course you are but like I, I, there's some more nuance that I think was missing to that
0: Now, just as a reminder, make sure you hit that like button. We get to 1,000 likes and we are going to unlock a $100 gift card to Paramount+. Plus. We've already given away two in this past week. We want to continue to give these away. We put up a pretty pretty big benchmark this time around going for 1,000 likes, but we think we can make that happen. Also, we want you to put your Twitter or Instagram handle in the chat so that you can be entered to in, to, entered to win. That gives you a better chance. Otherwise, we don't know how to contact you. So make sure you, you put your Twitter, Instagram handle in the comment section and hit that like button and then we're going to unlock another $100 gift card to Paramount Plus. Now, if you're listening on podcasts, you should got to come over to this video and still hit like and leave your name in the comment section. You can do it after the fact. It doesn't have to be live. I just wanted to throw that out there. Heath, before we kind of get into some final thoughts, let's take a look at some of the other results because one of them in particular went our way as Mexico hosting Costa Rica Estadio Azteca in Mexico City 0 Zero draw, baby. Panama beat Jamaica 3-2. They were down and 1-0. They came back and scored three goals, gave up a late one, made that one 3-2. So the top four right now as it stands, okay, we got 22 points for Canada. They're pretty much clear. I think they just need one more result. Like another win should see them in. USA, 18. Mexico, 18. Panama, 17. Heath, it's getting a little bit crazy. And I want to remind everybody, whoever gets fourth place in CONCACAF, was going to play the winner of Oceana, which is usually New Zealand. And that's not a two-legged affair like it used to be. It's just a 90-minute one-off against New Zealand at a neutral site. That gets a little bit trickier. So getting to fourth is going to be crazy. However, we do have a nice head-to-head matchup against Panama. We play them at home in the next qualifying window. But we got to beat Honduras. Honduras are currently losing to El Salvador. They have yet to at home, by the way. And they are struggling. So I'm very curious to see what their motivation is going to be when they play us in a couple of days. Speaking of that game, we're going to have a special preview for you guys. That'll be dropping on Tuesday, so be on the lookout for that. And on Monday, we have our U.S. Men's National Team Hour, 1.15 p.m. Pacific. That starts 4.15 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you come back and join us for that. We'll break down even more of the fun stuff. But, man, it's getting a little uh, a little tight for my liking at the top of mm-hmm. the table. Heath, toy. what are your
1: thoughts on these results? Oh, I can tell by your toy pants. Uh, <laughs> no, I can, I, look, I'm uncomfortable. Um, but <laughs> I'm more comfortable – Looking at the fact that Honduras could go the entire uh, 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 final round without a win, they're not going to probably not going to win this one. They could go all the way without a win. I like our chances against that, right? Uh, we, you, you talk a lot about like when all bets are off teams or whatever. All bets have been off for for, pen, uh, for Honduras for a while and they've imploded, right? They haven't risen to the occasion of players saying, play for your jobs or any of the other like motivating factors or play for a spot on the national team or play for pride or play for the crest. None of those seem to be working for on Honduras right now. So I like our chance of getting three points there. Then
0: we've got a very wait, tough wait, can, wait. Can we say this about Honduras very quickly? And I know, again, we're going to have a special preview for this. But I, did, but I want to say this before you move on. If we can't beat the worst team in CONCACAF World Cup qualifying at home, we shouldn't maybe, go to a World Cup. Maybe we don't deserve to go to a World Cup.
1: I agree. I agree. Now, there's pressure in games like that against Canada. It's a dogfight. It's a different type of game. The pressure is when you play against the Honduras and you know that you're supposed to win those at home because the recipe, whichever way you look at it, whether it was the octagonal, hexagonal, any sort of agonal, uh, it, it, you win your home games and you try to get a draw on the road and that qualifies you for a World Cup. It's a very simple math equation. It's not difficult. Therefore, you have to beat them. Now you're talking about the worst team who hasn't won a game yet. In the bottom of the table, they're out. Probably the, one of the worst campaigns of any team in the final round. You should be able to beat them. And, you, and, and again, I don't really care. I sure I'd love to dominate. Sure. I'd love all these things. I just want them to win the same way that Canada came out to play against the U S just win. And then in the next round, you have Panama also at home. You win that game. Those two, those two wins. You're safe. I like, I like the chances there. Maybe you need, maybe we need five points or maybe we need seven points out of our last four games. I think six does it. I think you start, you wrap this one up with a win puts you in a really good spot. Um, uh, you, you're controlling your destiny at that point. You still got Panama at home, who so you should be in Panama are good, and they're in form right now, and they are chasing this World Cup, so I don't want to count them out. But when I'm looking at the U.S. front, you win your home games. You win those games, and I like your, I, and, and I like the chances, you know? Okay, same thing for Mexico and whatnot. So, I mean, everybody's trying to do the same exact thing, but, yeah. Okay, now
0: let's just talk really big picture before we let everybody go, and again, we're on the U.S. Men's National Team Hour tomorrow, so we can dive back into any topics you want to get into regarding the U.S. men's national team, 1.15 p.m. Pacific, 4.15 p.m. Eastern is when we'll go live. And it's an hour, but maybe we'll do some extra time and go 75 minutes. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. have Honduras next on Wednesday. Mexico, March 24th, Estadio Azteca, which hasn't Mm -hmm. been that much of a fortress for them. They have shown some vulnerabilities. Canada got a draw. Costa Rica got a draw. Jamaica and Undermanned Jamaica Mm -hmm. almost got a draw there in the first game of the whole window uh, then we play at home to Panama a couple days later, and then we go down to Costa Rica to play in San Jose against the Ticos. Four games left. You say six points will be enough for us to get into? Because if one of those six points, I assume, is beating Panama at home. Mm-hmm. You think six points is going to be enough to, to make that happen? Because if Costa Rica get full three points against us in Mexico <sighs> as well, maybe Mexico matters less because they're probably going to qualify anyway. But, but Costa Rica could be – that could get really dicey if we need yeah. to a result in that last I mean- game.
1: Mexico drew with Costa Rica, Mexico aren't any better than the U S right now. We're both struggling in terms of the standards we've set for CONCACAF. Canada are the ones running away. So I think Mexico still have points to give up as well. I don't think, yes, Mexico have what three of their, three of their last four at home. Yes. Um, So it's in their favor, but it's not the fortress. One of those against the U S that's a six point swing. You also have U S playing against Costa Rica. That's a multi-point swing U S against Panama to really swing that, that those numbers is a six point swing. So I think six points there, considering one of those is against against Panama. You try to get a point against Mexico. You, you're going to get your three points, hopefully, against against Honduras. I think six points does it, considering who has to play who. Yeah, right. And the fact that Mexico aren't the Mexico that we thought. The U.S. aren't the U.S. that we thought. The only team that isn't what we thought but is doing uh, exceeding that expectation is Canada. I think mean, Panama, to a certain extent. Yeah, and Panama way. as well, by the way. They've yeah, actually yeah, been a little bit better than, than
0: I thought. Yeah. yeah. Now, Costa Rica, just so everybody knows, Costa Rica's trek. They go to Jamaica next. And that's a big one, obviously, because they're right next to each other on the table. Then they host Canada. They're away to El Salvador, who have nothing to play for anymore. And then they're hosting the U.S. So it's not necessarily favorable, but Canada might have already booked their ticket or close to it. And then really quick about Panama. Panama have, they're in Mexico City uh, in a couple days on Wednesday. And then they host Honduras. They come to us and then they host Canada. So, yeah, there's really no easy games left. And I think there'll be a lot of split points out there. But, man, Heath, this is getting really spicy and uh the seat's feeling a lot warmer than it did i think it's not I what thought. we wanted jimmy but it's no. kind of what
1: we what we what. what yeah we
0: that's like, how it know? is in Concacaf. that's yeah. that's how it goes but uh, man wouldn't it be nice to be easy at some yeah. point just be nice and easy I have to all ask right heath, how feels. i'm gonna call it a, a show on this one so on behalf of producer dez and heath pierce i'm jimmy conrad i want to remind you guys again to join us tomorrow for the us men's national team hour going live to you on youtube where among other things we're going to announce the winner of this Paramount Plus gift card that we're giving away today. Make sure you hit that like button to make it happen. We got to get to a thousand likes and leave your handle, Twitter, Instagram in the chat so you're entered to win. And then make sure you're following the Kegelosso Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever your platform of choice may be in the podcast world. And leave us a rating and review. That'd be very nice. So we just gave you a free podcast. We want to keep that coming. And then of course, follow follow us on Twitter, Pod. And then hit us up on YouTube if you haven't already. Like, subscribe, turn on your notifications so you never miss an episode. All right, everybody, the sky is falling. We're going to press pause on that for now. We'll pick it up again tomorrow for the U.S. Men's National Team Hour. We appreciate you, and we'll see you next time. Later!